0: My name is Nicole Brisson. I'm the executive chef at Reza Resorts World. Hi, I'm Mary Sue Milliken. Hey, I'm Susan Fediger, co-chef and co-owner of Border Grill in downtown Los Angeles and Las Vegas and Sokolow in Santa Monica.
1: Hi, I'm John Arena. Hey, it's Chris Decker from Metro Pizza.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Chef Jackie McMahon, co-owner of Finesse Catering.
1: This is Chris from Faces and Aces Las Vegas. Hello, I'm Zenon Malari with Happy Ending Chocolate. Hey, I'm Bruce Kalman from Soul Barbecue.
0: This is Chef Justin Kingsley Hall
1: with Main Street Provisions.
0: Hi, this is Chef Mariana from Massa Soul. Hi,
1: it's Chef Barry Dickey from Barry's Downtown Prime. Hey guys,
0: this is Chef Curie from Partage. Hi, this is Sheridan, chef owner of Evergreen and Vachoy. Hey, this is Claudia Androcki with Desert Bloom Eco Farms. Hi, my name is Will
1: Statton. I'm the founder of Craven Creole. Hi, how you doing? This is Kirk Dorn with Creekstone Farms Premium Beef. This is Myrene, owner and grower at Sundown Mushrooms. Hey, this is Brock Radke from Las Vegas Weekly. Hey, everybody. Will Edwards here from Three Square Food Bank, and you're listening to Two Sharp Chefs. Boy, are you lucky. What's up, chefs, hospitality family, foodies? You're listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef and journalist. And I'm Louie Victa, chef and professional food photographer. Thanks for joining us.
0: We started this podcast in June 2019 to honor Anthony Bourdain, a fellow chef who gave us all a better understanding of different cultures and people through his daring food adventures.
1: We're here to expand the dialogue. We're two chefs cooking up raw, honest conversations about chef life, food, and the hospitality industry. So come on in, you can sit with us. Yo, what's up, Louie? What's up, Lorraine? Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone, a chef-centered podcast with two chefs, that's us, talking about chef and hospitality life. We've been sharing this space for two plus years now. Can you believe it, Louis? Two plus, wow. <laughs> Since June of 2019, we started when our chef, Jefe, Jose Andres, and Mr. Eric Ripert called for hashtag Bourdain Day. A time to celebrate the life of Anthony Bourdain, a chef journalist that both Louis and I will keep a special place in our hearts and minds forever, forever, ever. Um, That was our impetus. We wanted to fill a small place in a huge space Tony had left behind. Now, the point was to build community in our chef family, especially here in Las Vegas, where we spend most of our time. Louis, we've produced three seasons. Woo! Exactly 100 episodes. Didn't even do that on purpose. Damn, right? <laughs> um, interviewed almost as many guests, mostly chefs, some farmers, sommeliers, restaurant owners, all kinds of entrepreneurs. Um, I am so proud of us. I'm sure you are too. But it is time to move on. Woo-hoo. Move on positively. Right. So, in Pandemic Provisions, for the last time, Louie, we share our favorite part of doing two sharp chefs. Oh, I just got chills. Um, I'll start real quick. Um, I'm gonna say, you know, the community. I mean, it was the point of it. And clearly um, that happened for both of us. Uh, We built such a strong community of friends, um, people like contemporaries, people that we respect. um, And I felt like we built a great reputation of doing something that was different very chef-centric um very las vegas uh specific in many ways uh and you know it's just that you know it forced me to check in with chef friends more often so we were forced to reach out to our chef friends on a weekly basis. Um, And some people, you know, we knew, and both of us like we're friends with, but you know how sometimes people lose contact over time and you haven't checked in with them for a while. It forced me to do that, which is a beautiful thing. Louie, how about you?
0: Well, um, if there's anything I realized with doing this podcast is that it really is a small but large community. The way um, I think about it is that every guest that we interviewed actually became family of some sorts. Um, We actually brought the Las Vegas community a little bit closer. We actually introduced um, up and coming people too. So yeah, that was my most favorite part about that. And I also started this podcast thinking that, you know, I would reach out to uh, fellow chefs and learn about like how they manage their lives and stuff like that. And I was able to take away a lot of those lessons and apply that Mm -hmm. into my own life.
1: Yeah. Uh, We're definitely going to talk about that a little bit more later. Just like expand the idea of like taking stuff with you, taking tips, taking uh, mental health Journeys and all kinds of things that, you know, we just didn't necessarily expect to learn. Uh, But in this final episode, uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about some of our favorite podcast episodes and guests, Um, a few awkward moments, because there were a few, (laughs) not too many, thank goodness. Um, And lastly, what Louie and I are up to in the coming days and months. That'll be the final part of it. So, um, what episodes? Will you always take with you? No, I think there's one that we definitely have in common, um, John Arena. And I'll go ahead and tag Chris Decker on with that. Um, So we go John Arena, the pizza godfather, Metro Pizza owner, and the protege, Chris Decker, um, who's popularly known as at everything but anchovies on Instagram. Um, Both of those episodes are kind of like, you could almost listen to them one and then the other, because there's a lot of similarities and it's kind of like, Really interesting to hear the classic John Arena um, Yoda isms. <laughs> we call him the Pizza Yoda, um, and then you hear, you know, like the Luke Skywalker. Which <laughs> am I taking this metaphor too far? Yeah, so. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, it's cool. So he's, you know, the Luke Skywalker of pizza is, you know, Chris Decker, who's taken those uh, classic techniques, um, and, and honestly, more importantly, um, those classic lessons life lessons and taking them into a new generation. Um, and it's beautiful to kind of listen to them together. You know, uh, I did that this week, uh, interestingly, for the fun of it to kind of see how similar it was. And there were so many similarities, you know, John arena talks a lot about Chris. Chris talks a lot about John Arena. Uh, there's this beautiful father son, like relationship, but also a friendship Um, a mutual respect and love for one another that can be sort of, you know, transcend chef life, transcend cook life, uh, transcend pizza maker life. You know, it's interesting for, I think, anybody to listen to those episodes, whether you have any experience or even care about food, which Gosh, if you don't have a care about food, I don't know about you. But if you didn't, if you didn't care about pizza, you didn't care about food, you could still take away some amazing life lessons from those two episodes. Uh, so I would say that those are my two favorite.
0: Yeah. You just really have to
1: let, let me pick one, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> pick like if you want to pick more than one, you can. But I mean, what would you say is your best of all time?
0: You know, um, I would have to go with um, Mary, Sue. the day we interviewed Mary <gasps> Sue and Susan.
1: Yeah, and we day.
0: were we were like pretty early on in the game that time.
1: I'd call us podcast babies, right?
0: Really, infants. podcast babies, yeah, <laughs> podcast infants. Um, so what I remember, um, mm-hmm. is that we went to, to Border Grill. Mm-hmm. Was that Los Angeles? America? Yeah, Los uh, Angeles. downtown Los Angeles. Yeah, Down, downtown Los Angeles, and then I set up, and we were in the back room. We were like literally in a supply closet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we set up a little mobile podcast studio and in comes my two heroes, my childhood <laughs> chef heroes of all time, Susan Fenninger and Mary Sue Millicute. And, you know, Susan's Susan's really funny and she's so full of wisdom. And you can see that she's like really hand, hands on with all of, um, you know, her work. And I love it. I, I, I love how open she is about everything. I love the advice that she gave. Um, and then Mary Sue. I mean, how could you ask for more?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: She's like, she's like, I wish
1: if I had a chef mom, that would be Mary Sue. hundred percent. She's a consummate professional. Yeah. She sounds too. professional when she opens her mouth.
0: But, you know, like she cares and you, you mm-hmm. can you can sense that in her presence. You can sense it. that just like talk by talking to her. And uh, yeah, that that totally like kicked me into high gear since then.
1: So, yeah. Yeah, it, that was amazing. Um, I can never say enough about Mary Sue and Susan, of course, they're my right. chef mentors. Um what was the most awkward moment for you? I'll start on this and we'll let you think. Okay. So there were a few over the years, wow, years. Um, But I would have to say, as I look back and I thought about this and I'm like, I have to be transparent and honest. Um, And I won't mention the name, but I will mention the moment because it was very awkward for us. Uh, It was also near the beginning, which um, probably contributed to it because we we're barely getting to know each other on the podcast. We knew each other in real life, but doing a podcast together, having sort of a business together is a little, it's different. Um, And so we didn't know what we were getting into when we were going to a restaurant, meeting a chef, meeting a restaurant owner, uh, meeting PR. Uh, I mean, I had the background of TV and you also had done some production in TV um, and I had the on-air aspect of it, but we were never, we had never done it on our own, you know, like I had a photographer before, like separate, you know, from you. And, and I had a producer and I had a news director, you know, and and, and then you sort of had the same thing. Like when you were working, you know, in local TV business, you had that yeah. too. And then also, you know, this was sort of one of the first things that you had done on air. And so we were really caught off guard <laughs> in this moment. Um, and what it was, was we had somebody kind of, it's the best way to put it is disparaging people that we respect uh, <laughs> before the podcast and during the podcast, not as much during the podcast. So you probably hear it a little bit in the beginning um, and it's not as much, but if we had, let's just put it this way. Get the mic on before the podcast. I, I, would guess that the impression that people had would be extremely negative. And we, I wish, you know, just looking back at the awkward moment that I had called it out more um, like on air, because I don't know if I had the chutzpah to do it as much as I do now. Now I'm like, whatever, dude. Um, But after two years, I feel more comfortable calling somebody out on camera on sound or whatever, but it was, um, highly uncomfortable. <laughs> it's funny now. It's always funny later. Um, right. and I, and I, and I actually like the person I'm fine with the person. I have no beef with that person, um, at this point, but it was uncomfortable and it was honestly jarring to both of us. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Louie, what's, what was an awkward moment for you?
0: Well, you know, thank heavens for editing, right? <laughs> <laughs> We, we were able to salvage that episode, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you. That would be like, it was a good
1: episode. It was a good episode. It wasn't it was a bad episode.
0: episode. It was a good episode. Like um, it's just so the public knows we aim to present our guests in the most positive way that we can, even if sometimes they're not really quite cooperating. <laughs>
1: yeah. And also, um, we have never been the type of show to do a super bunch of calling out. Like there are definitely forums for that, you know? Um, but we were never going to be like the Yelp of podcasts. You know, we weren't giving restaurant reviews. Um, we honestly weren't even giving like chef reviews or anything like that. It was just, you know, this was a place to bring people together to create positive vibes in the community. And so, um, we've always erred on the side of caution. Also, Uh, when I say caution, caution um, in calling people out or, you know, letting them look bad. I mean, honestly, we've edited some stuff out because we knew that the person didn't mean what they said Mm -hmm. on the microphone. Um, But, you know, people say things on the microphone, it it happens, you know, especially when you're not used to talking on the microphone every single day. I mean, if people had a microphone, you know, on them all day long, maybe a lot of people wouldn't like them because people censor what they say all the time, every day, 24 hours a day. Not everybody, but most people do. So... Um, not saying,
0: though, Lorraine, not saying that we haven't edited our episodes. We don't. Yeah. Especially we, the question, especially when we do ask the question, what's the one black available fact about yourself? Yes.
1: During- um, we rarely do. And we rarely beat people either or bleep them. We only do in the case of promos because we don't know whether someone's opening, you know, their phone or their iPad or something. And, you know, they're, they're going through it, there with their two-year-old child um, because we've always been NSFW in the sense of our language is very like chef language. <laughs> Correct. Uh, we haven't really censored ourselves on topics or, um, are, uh Sarah swearing like sailor situations mm-hmm. um, either us or our guests and so um we know that going in and there's that warning on our podcast that we're you know that it's explicit content um but we don't give that warning in a promo and so that's that's the only time really that we've bleeped out words or things you know censored in a sense um and like Louis said she does a beautiful job editing but we rarely, you know, it's very rare that a lot of the episode is edited. I mean, there have been times when I've given Louie um, my list of edits and there's like nothing. Mm-hmm. We've had that a few times where you, it was like a five minute job because it was just like, yeah. put on the intro, and put on the outro. So um, we were trying our best to be as fluid and as conversation, uh, conversational as possible. Did anything surprise you over the years? Surprise! Like, yeah. So for me, um, and I don't mean in a bad way, I'm talking more like, you know, did it surprise you? For instance, I'll tell you mine. Um, I was surprised about how easy it was to come up with topics and guests. Like we had a shit ton of topics and guests and like wish a wish list of of, of a lot of things. But it, you know, we started with that 50 or 60 because we're crazy and you know, whatever, superfluous, but um it grew into hundreds yeah. <laughs> over time, and we there's so many that we didn't get to because we had so many ideas and so many chefs on that list mm-hmm. you know whether they were local or national um the concentration with chefs but we also had you know uh it'd be kind of funny actually i'll, I'll put it on instagram because i i have the actual sharpie sheets you know like with my writing um of the uh <laughs> the pies in the sky list the is pies pretty funny. And the skies. yeah, um, yeah they're really, really funny. I mean, it's like we did not care. We were like, Oprah, Dominique Cram, like Michelle Obama, shoot for the sky. Who cares? Like, you know, manifest it, you know? So uh, that was a pretty funny list. Uh, was there anything that surprised you about like it being easier or harder? You know, it surprised me that, you know, like that six degrees of separation is actually,
0: the rule is actually true. Yeah, or less. It's crazy, right? Like, yeah. okay, we know somebody who knows somebody, you know, and yeah, that's, that's how we basically, um, got our guests and, mm-hmm. um, got our really good episodes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you start, you just start talking to people and I'm, I'm really inspired by like the whole generosity of like people and like people that want to mentor who have gone on the podcast, um, how they just like share their wisdom. That really surprised me. You know, um, I really thought that chefs would be the type of people that, you know, hey, I don't have time for this. And we've had a few of those, you know, a few rarely. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, like all our guests are very welcoming. And Mm -hmm. when we get to talk to them, they're very just very generous with to share their wisdom and what they learned to listeners. And, you know, of course, the younger generation of chefs.
1: Who do you wish we interviewed? I'm gonna say okay. So you you're not allowed to give a long list. You can say one person. Um, you know and I, this already. <laughs> I'm gonna say Jose Andres, and and part of the reason is not just because you know we've said many times we talk about him constantly because mm-hmm. we consider him our chef hefe fake, But that's how we met is through think food group. You know through his restaurant restaurants, um, but for many other reasons, and and one of them was that it would feel full circle to me because we've been talking about him so much. We've had on his chef partner. We've had on people who've worked for world central kitchen. Um, we've had bizarre people, uh, China Poblano, uh, eh, we've had everybody except Jose right. Andres, um, in that group. And so to me, you know, it's not only because he's an amazing chef, it's not only an amazingly such a cool person helping the world every day all the time at every disaster uh it's not just because of that it's also because he feels like a patriarch in some ways to our chef careers right yeah no this it's a good one that's a good choice
0: that's a good choice um but like uh, the way I feel about, like, Jose Andres, I would love to have him on the show, but we have talked to so many of our family and family mm-hmm. group who are all shining examples of the values that he promotes. So, exactly. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, we still win, however we're yeah. okay. And who knows, Lorraine, you might go
1: on and interview him, too. So I, I think it's going to happen. I think it's it going to happen. happen one day soon, not too far in the future. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, so we talked a little bit about what we learned about ourselves. Um I'll tell you one from a broadcast perspective. Um, I do have you know a good eleven years in broadcasting experience, uh, but I was scripted a lot of the time. <laughs> That's actually a question that I get asked a lot when people know that I used to be a news anchor. Um, news anchors are much of the time scripted now, you know you do pol- political news, stuff like that, we do go way off script when it comes to like say you know there's an election. When the person that's in that desk at the election, if they're doing a great job, it's 99 percent them. I mean, I won't say 99 percent, but it's a good percentage that it's them that's doing that work. Um, And of course, they're getting, you know, you know, they're getting, you know, updates and stuff like that about the election. But it's got to be someone that's super solid anchoring the show. 100%. On a daily basis, however, yeah, a lot of the show is written by one or two or three producers. producers.
0: Who um, come up with,
1: like, scripts. And uh,
0: my job back in the day in the news station was to get those scripts and put them on your desks, basically.
1: Yes. And, and they're, not, they're not always there, and the teleprompter's not always there. So, again, there is skill, a lot of skill involved with trying to... Manage that situation because most of the time you can't see it, um, especially in a market Las Vegas, like Las Vegas. And in the higher markets, you know, people get even smoother because they have more experience. Um, but scripted. I have been scripted for much of my journalism career. Uh, although I wrote all my stories in the field, um, everything that I did in studio for the most part was scripted. So I'm surprised at myself that um I felt so comfortable not being scripted. I mean, we have a rundown and yes, like I said, we have a plan, but I wasn't scripted. I mean, this is just me talking, it's you talking, uh, it's me moving the show from one place to another. And I actually feel kind of good that uh, that I can do it. And also that I've kind of honed that. I know that if I hadn't done this, it would be a lot harder to move on to what I'm moving on to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's your greatest strength.
0: You're, you're just like you just have that gift of like conversation in you and that you it's you basically smooth out and you're able to like go from point A, question a to question B without anything awkward happening in between. It's really cool. It's really cool to see it actually in action if you guys know because like I'm seeing the rundown to you and I'm seeing Lorraine like really direct and flow the flow of this conversation. And yeah, she's really, really, really good at it.
1: Thank you. Uh, honestly, I was freaking faking it till I make it in the very beginning of this. I mean, yes, I had an idea about this, but like I said, scripted for many years. Yeah. And so um, I had to step up to the plate and, you know, I feel pretty good about it. Uh, what have you learned about yourself?
0: Uh, you know what? Uh, T-Sharp chests for me was uh, for the last two years was... Um it's sort of like a little canvas where I could like exercise all my multimedia capabilities. So I learned that, wow, I mean, Jesus to how to produce something, Mm -hmm. how to like meet deadlines consistently. And for the most part, you know, I think this was a huge part of like my transition outside a professional kitchen. You know, it made me a lot more comfortable to do media food media mm-hmm. than like just coming out of the kitchen and just doing photography would so now I have just like this whole little portfolio this little showcase that I can do audio I can do like conversation I can I can produce um little little segments and stuff like that that was mm-hmm. that was pretty huge for me it was a good achievement
1: It was. And I could definitely hear and see the difference, you know, uh, of the first couple of episodes to now, because, you know, this is my comfort zone, you know, Mm -hmm. it's my comfort zone. It's something that I've done professionally for many years. So it's a lot more of a challenge for you to have to jump into this with me. Um, and I could see how it would be like intimidating. Um, but you did a great job of navigating and learning pretty quickly, you know, How to jump in, you know, how how to do, right? Yeah. And so it's it's worked out for you beautifully. Um, I'm proud of you. Did any of our guests become a good friend? Um I would say all our friends. A lot of them, that's very true. Um, (laughs) for me, I would say, you know, um definitely many people, some more than others, just like it always happens in any job, uh in any kitchen and any workplace, Mm -hmm. right? Uh I would say the best friend that I've gotten out of it has been Mariana. Um, Mm -hmm. We keep very closely in touch. Uh, She's such a good person. And honestly, like I sort of fell in love with her as a friend from our podcast. So just seeing and hearing somebody that was so passionate about one particular thing is moving to me. I like, I like those people that have that thing like i don't mm-hmm. care what it is it could be freaking tires i don't care what it is i mean it's convenient that it's something that i also care about food tortillas uh of course she's the owner of uh, the chef owner of masa azul uh coming out with a restaurant hopefully soon right. um but i just I, I did i fell in love with the uh the idea of somebody that was so passionate about bringing something to america making it her own and uh doing something here that you know, is groundbreaking. So, yeah, I would say out of everybody, I'm most thankful for that friendship that came directly out of this podcast. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, Mariana and I used to be
0: neighbors. She moved uh, downtown, so I don't get to see her that often. But you know, like we're both uh, always working hard. But when do we do get a chance, we do share a meal because, like, we're we're neighbors. Like I said, um, I would say me. It's the Valencian Gold Boys. My goodness, those two. Yes, bring endless laughter to my days. They are such great people, to Mm -hmm. be honest. And, you know, I would follow both of their careers. And, you know, I wish them all the best and all that, you know, because a lot of things have changed. Um, The only thing that's uh, constant here is like change. So we try to embrace everything for good.
1: Yeah. And go see. Please go see Chef Jeff Wise at Flinci and Gold. He's done such a great job with the renovation on that place. Um, And just the food is so amazing. Um, Can't say enough good things about Valencia and Gold. Uh, Okay. What advice would you give to new or potential podcasters? And we actually get this question a lot too, because we do interviews for people on other podcasts. Um, uh, we've been on Chef Demon, uh, we've been on Las Vegas Weekly's podcast, uh, we've been on Women Who Sarcast. Uh, we've been on quite a few podcasts, uh, other people's podcasts. And we get asked this question quite a bit. Um, I also get it asked on the street sometimes uh from people that are like, I want to start a podcast. Like, what did you do? Uh, you know, well, do you have any advice? Uh I would say number one, go for it. <laughs> if you're really passionate about something go for it. Why not? Who cares? It's not going to hurt you to like fail if you're going to, but it's really fun. There's obviously a lot of benefit to it because you just heard a lot of stories and anecdotes and reasons why Louie and I do not regret the last two years in any kind of way. In fact, the very opposite. Uh, But I will say, uh, not as a caveat, but, you know, just as a counter uh it's a lot of work (laughs) so don't go in thinking like oh it's so fun i'll just talk for an hour or 30 minutes or whatever no big deal like no there's editing there's you know uploading to the platform if you want to promote it promotion can take seriously hours of your day marketing Um, yeah Yeah, it's, it takes so much time. We could have used a social media manager on this podcast. That's how much promotion um, that you need to actually keep a podcast going with subscribers and listeners and listens and downloads. Um, So I would say, yes, go for it. But at the same time, if you don't have the time and energy uh, to put into it, then it's never going to be that great. The only way to make a podcast great is to actually have time and make time to do all this stuff that you think is quick. It's not. It's very difficult. It takes a long time. It takes a long time. Yeah.
0: But, you know, like anything that um, you really want in life, um, I believe that if you put in the work, um, you will reap the benefits. So um, in addition to what you said, I believe um. Don't start a podcast just for the sake of like wanting to start a podcast, like really (laughs) hone in on a a topic, a genre that you're you want to talk about, basically. And I mean, there's a lot of like general podcasts where they they just talk about anything and everything under the sun. But in order to get that following, you really kind of need to stick to a winning formula whatever that may be for you, because it was different for us. For us, it was the chef community. For us, it was about the food. For us, it was about just like talking to chefs and, you know, like, hey, you know, just um, poking them and um, saying, how are you? And, you know, like, welcome to our podcast and all. So there is that formula there. Be mindful of your listeners because not everybody's going to have the time to like spend like maybe an hour and a half to listen to you guys especially when the questions become redundant and all that yes just be be sure Absolutely. to the point you know if you need to explain a little bit more get into there but i mean once the point is satisfied don't be afraid to move on That's move on to work.
1: right uh speaking of what's next Yay! Mm-hmm. okay so As we move on, um, we're not running away. Uh, We're still going to be here for the most part in Las Vegas, both of us. Uh, I'll quickly just tell you that uh, I am going to be doing another podcast. Uh, This time, I'd actually planned on doing an individual podcast called Your Chef BFF. Um, There is a future for that, hopefully. Uh, But right now I'm doing a podcast uh, that I'm working on with KNPR national public radios, Las Vegas podcast, uh, station. Uh, and it's going to be about the AAPI experience in Las Vegas in Southern Nevada. Um, it's being produced by a really amazing friend of ours, Sonia Swenson. Um, and it's right now an eight episode, uh, deal. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it went on longer than that. Uh, it's already super amazing. um, just the manpower, woman power that's involved with this. I'm this is how I'm surprised. I mean there's seven people working on one podcast. God, that would yeah, be so amazing yeah. if we would have had that Louie. Um yeah. but we didn't have the money to make that happen. <laughs> uh yeah. it's going to be amazing. I'm super excited about it. We're going to get really into detail about the whole AAPI meeting Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, not just Hawaiians. Uh so it should be super interesting. Uh, the first episode is about language. It's coming out soon. I don't have a name of the podcast, but it will be obvious. And if you follow me, you will see it on my page. Right. right. Very awesome.
0: I prefer to keep my future a little bit secret.
1: <laughs> <because> I, don't
0: <laughs> I don't want to jinx it for myself yet. But like, Talk to us generally. Generally. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to grow my business. I'm really happy shooting and um, I've been traveling a lot, shooting out of state, um, seeing the and meeting people who are producers, not producers, but like farmers and all that, and who are producing the food and, and all that. Um, joining a couple of chefs on the road. And um, I'm just enjoying my my freedom right now to do that. Because I, I I'm not tied to a specific kitchen anymore. Um, definitely growing my business. Definitely like shooting a lot in town. Uh, still shooting for eaters, Still doing recipe development very 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 busy but yeah i mean um i'm not a big fan of social media and i try to keep my life as private as possible but if you need to reach me i'm on instagram at the chefographer as well as facebook uh, Louis victor
1: or you can reach me on my website louisvictor.com and you can reach me on instagram at chef lorraine on my new tiktok account at your chef bff thank you thank you Thank you. We have indeed made many friends on the show. Many we will keep always in touch with. Uh, as I said, we're both staying in Las Vegas. Please reach out to us. Uh, we appreciate you so much. Uh, wow, Louie. 86th from Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone. Thank Um, you. (laughs) Yay! Uh, We will see all of you really soon, because as you know, Las Vegas is a big, small town. uh, But we're moving on, and we're so happy that you've been here with us the last two years. Thank you, thank you, thank you.